This is episode five, building your exercise arsenal. Welcome to the Simplish Podcast, where we unpack complex topics, weaving in our unique experiences and research, making the everyday more simplish. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Simplish Podcast. My name is N.A. And I'm Evelyn, and we're back with another episode. Thank you to everyone who continues to listen to us ramble on about things. Uh, we appreciate all you, all you that are listening to us. Um, and it's just been, it's been really fun to, to get some feedback. So wanted to open up the episode with just a thank you. Um, we wouldn't be putting out episodes if nobody listened. I mean, that might be a lie. We probably still would. Um, <laughs> but we're actually having people listen. So that's really cool. So thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, you guys are the best. Yeah, no, it's been great. We finally hit 250 listens, uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, was it a few days ago? So a couple days ago, yes. That's been great. Yeah, it's been really exciting. 250 down, 250,000 to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure with consistency and constant effort, we'll get there yeah, at some point. Yeah, at some point. That might be like 50 years from now, but who knows? Uh, a little less than 50 years. Let's be optimistic here. Optimistic, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really cool that... Uh, we uh, have been doing this for a couple weeks now, I guess a couple months now. Yeah, I guess um, we started in January. Yeah, so yeah. just about two months, which is exciting. Yes, yeah, so, quite the development. Yeah, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a pretty cool episode today. Um, I know we got some great feedback on more of our, you know, technical heavy, research heavy episodes um, in the fitness space. So we're going to bring a, back another episode um, today that's in that space. Of course, N.A. is our uh, resident expert in the field as a personal mm-hmm. trainer. So um, he's going to come at you with some research, some facts, some knowledge. Uh, some facts and my own personal. <laughs> and his own personal yeah. opinion, which is also equally great because um, he is a very smart guy. And, I try. And I value his opinion heavily, even if you listeners don't. So <laughs> um, you guys just... just hear us out he's he's great um with that being said i'm gonna hand the mic over to him Mm -hmm. let him kind of talk about what we're going to i guess introduce what we're going to talk about today and then we'll just you know see where we go yeah so i mean as you guys know we've done i guess quite a few fitness um based um podcasts and the entire goal of all those videos is to kind of help you guys start from point a and get to point b and kind of decipher some of the mysteries of the fitness industry so you guys can ha- kind of have an easier way of getting started kind of getting your uh, feet wet just kind of getting moving because the entire point of this is just to kind of give you guys information that'll help you guys get more active and find exercise a little more attainable and less daunting than how most people kind of tend to imagine it yeah so basically we wanted to um, give the information in a way that um, goes from you know thinking about getting into fitness wanting to get started not knowing how to start um, and then progressively just add some more detail and kind of layer it on top of that to the point where um, you all are feeling really comfortable um, with the the information that we're giving and you know feeling comfortable to take that next step and keep pushing yourself so today's episode is going to kind of build off of the previous episodes we've done Um, the first one was you know New Year's resolutions based. Of course, it had other bits and pieces, but a lot of that was fitness based. And then we had one, you know, assessing where you're at, kind of figuring out where your um, strengths and weaknesses are. And then today's episode is kind of just building on that with that next layer. Mm -hmm. Um, So today we're going to be talking about how to build your exercise arsenal is how <laughs> NA likes calling it. I mean, you can call it your library, your, you know. <laughs> your artillery. Yeah. He loves that word. Um, so yeah, he's just going to kind of give us some pointers on what to make note of when you're choosing exercises uh, for yourself, What you're when you're trying to figure out what muscles to target. Um, just kind of really beginner stuff that I think a lot of time people don't actually consciously think about because they just, you know, Google best butt workout <laughs> and then just do whatever the magazine says. Where oh, yeah. Sometimes that's not the best option. Sometimes if you don't really care and you just kind of want to do what Kim Kardashian does, then sure, that's fine. Seems to work for her. <laughs> <laughs> I think genetics and some surgery worked for her a little bit more than her butt workout. Oh, well. But, you know, <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's really interesting to kind of know 
the the why behind why certain um, movement patterns are better than others. Mm-hmm. Better is, I guess, in air quotations. And I guess it's, gonna, it's more yeah. optimal or just better yeah. suited for, I guess, whatever situation you're yeah. in, Yeah, right? so um, what was the first exercise that we were going to talk about today? All right, well, I mean, before we get started with the exercises, I kind of <laughs> wanted to go into a little bit of an intro of, I guess, what uh, criteria we're going to be using to okay. assess Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to rush. <laughs> uh, we can, we'll back it up. Yeah, just take it nice and slow. Do your thing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so kind of similar to what Evelyn was talking about, today we're just going to be going over how to figure out what kind of exercises to add in your arsenal or library, as we were suggesting before, and some of the criteria that we're going to use to base, to assess the exercise and figure out which ones are the right ones. Because mm-hmm. when, I mean, I'm assuming you've worked out before and most well, people Well, you have. tell me all the time that I have terrible techniques, <laughs> so it's quite possible that I have been just doing things incorrectly from when I started. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that, that's, that's, that's probably true. <laughs> But I mean, on that note, it's just more so when you start off working out or start off with physical activity, it's hard to figure out which exercises to do just because there's so many of them out there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when it comes to working out chest or any body part, there's a plethora of movements that you can perform that all have varying benefits and figuring out which specific ones to target is hard if you don't know what you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. So um, with that in mind, I kind of developed my own little set of criteria that I believe... Your own little thing? Yeah, my own little (laughs) litmus test, as you can call it, right? I like it. (laughs) That you can use to kind of determine which exercises you should perform as well as um, how beneficial they are. Because I think a lot of the times when most people are training, most of us just want to train just to be in shape and just kind of be healthy. Most of us aren't really training to be, you know, the next Usain Bolt or the next Michael Phelps, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm trying to be Serena Williams, so uh, <laughs> I'd like to be really good at tennis. <laughs> I mean, the getting good at tennis part isn't too difficult, it's just the rest of I don't of think it. I could ever be as good as her. I feel like she's one of the best athletes that exists. Like, she's phenomenal. No, she's, 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 she's amazing. She's, she's, she's badass, as the kids would say. <laughs> Yeah, so on that note, the first um, criteria that I have when I'm looking at an exercise for somebody who just wants to get in general shape, and the question that I think everyone should ask themselves when they are picking an exercise to add to their library is, does the exercise contain compound movements? Meaning, does the exercise that you're performing incorporate multiple muscle groups, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times when we work out, people tend to move towards the more isolation movement exercises. So that's a bicep curl, tricep extensions, and movements that only work one single muscle. And if you're strapped for time, as most of us are, we're with work or you have kids or things like that, doing those uh, isolating exercises isn't going to give you the most benefit or isn't going to give you the bang for your buck. So mm-hmm. finding activities that can incorporate multiple muscle groups such as squats, deadlifts, uh, bench press, push-ups, movements like that will help work multiple muscle, muscle groups and kind of help cut down on that time rather than, if you're, rather than working out the small individual muscles that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, rather than just working those individual muscles and trying to compound different movements in order to basically work the entire body. So basically what you're saying is when you're getting started, it's better to pick exercises that have um, multiple uses rather than trying to create an exercise library, artillery, whatever the other word you used was, (laughs) um, that addresses each individual muscle by itself because that could just be... You know, ridiculous. Oh yeah, it's just too time-consuming, right? And most have, of the time, we have a lot of muscles. How oh, many yeah. muscles does the body have? It has a lot. I don't remember exactly wow. how many. <laughs> and you call yourself a professional. Oh <laughs> uh, well, professionals forget too, right? I'm just bugging. I'm just bugging. Um, but I mean, yeah. Like on that note, the when we train, the way we train should also help us, I guess, perform in everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. And when we move, our body uses multiple muscles. It incorporates a lot of different. I guess movements and also different areas in our bodies and figuring out movements and exercises that can also incorporate that as well as emphasize some of those movement patterns that we might be lacking is a great way to be well-rounded rather than just focusing on individual things. Yeah, I've heard that before that, I mean, I used to read like women's health and all that stuff and there was oftentimes trainers that would be like, you know, some of these exercises that isolate one muscle at a time, like yes, if you're really trying to train that muscle Mm -hmm. because of insert whatever reason that makes sense but a lot of time people just get in that habit and then they have this exercise that they do really really well and they can lift tons of weight but there's no 
like you can't apply it in everyday yeah, life. It like there's translate. it yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing that you're gonna do when you lift a box, you're never gonna use that muscle. Like when you go for a run, you're never gonna use that muscle. So it's like, yeah, cool, I can do a hundred pounds of this or three hundred pounds or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just throwing out numbers because I can't <laughs> remember everything. Um yeah. but if it doesn't like if it's not useful mm-hmm. um in real life, then like unless you're doing it for a specific purpose, it's kind of pointless. Like you could be spending your time better on other exercises. Oh right? yeah, right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So moving on from, from that first one, uh, which is does the exercise contain compound movements? We're going to move into the next one where is there some level of weight distribution, management, or coordination? I mean, as you know from the last episode, or I guess the previous episode that we did, I think balance is one of the most important things that people tend to ignore. And adding in exercises to your workout that incorporate a little bit of balance and stability is a great way to like we said before, increase your proprioception, so kind of your spatial awareness of the world, as well as just increase your ability to perform everyday movements with a little bit of ease, right? Mm-hmm. Nope, makes sense. I mm-hmm. like it. Anything else you wanted to add on that one? <laughs> I have no insight because I have terrible <laughs> balance, so all I can do is agree. <laughs> oh, like I was saying before, so like when I'm talking about the these exercises that um, incorporate weight distribution and coordination, like we were saying before, when you perform an exercise like a bicep curl, there's really no amount of coordination that's really needed, right? Sure, there's a little bit in the beginning, but all it is is you grab a dumbbell, you pull it up, and then you bring it right back down again, yeah. right? There's not really too much mental stimulation that comes with a uh, movement like that. For some people, that might be <laughs> significant. We can't make generalizations. Well, <laughs> and for those people, that works for them. You tried to tell me previously that not everyone has a, knows how cell phones work, so. That is true. You know, if you mm-hmm. can be a cheeky butt, I can be a cheeky butt. <laughs> that is fair. Well, I mean, for, for the people who are a little more advanced. <laughs> <laughs> so advanced that I can do a bicep. <laughs> right, for everyone who can do a bicep curl, right, finding activi- activities or exercises that incorporate a little bit more thinking into it also kind of also makes it, the workout a little bit more fun, right? Mm-hmm. So because if, let's say I'm doing push-ups or if I'm doing a deadlift or a squat, right? All those movements require a lot of weight distribution and figuring out how to place your feet as well as figuring out where to place your hands. And in doing so, it gets you thinking while you're performing the movement so that it's not just a, you know, something that's instinctive, right? This sounds a lot like golf. What do you mean? In golf, I have to always worry about my balance. I shuffle back and forth like mm-hmm. 80 times before I, you know, swing. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I mean, real life application, <laughs> guys. <laughs> well, I mean, with those exercises that are compound movements, right? Since you're working with so many different muscle groups, you, the the amount of focus that it requires for you to perform that movement properly and reduce your likelihood of injury is a lot greater, just because you're getting more benefit mm-hmm. from that activity, right? And working on that balance as well as that coordination helps helps increase your reaction time with everything else, right? And then from there, it just helps further develop. Like, it just helps you further develop from there. What do you mean, like by reaction time? Like I, I, I missed. I must have zoned out because I don't. I, I'm. How does that connect to balance? What do you mean? So, like, like we were saying before, when you perform movements that require you to, let's say, work on uh, your balance and um, weight distribution, right? There's a thing called proprioception where your body kind of has a general understanding of where it is in space as well as where it positions itself. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm performing, let's say, I'm going out for a run or I'm doing any kind of agility work. Um, the moment that my body, I guess, receives an external stimulus, so let's say I get body checked or I get hit, uh, hit from this an opponent. This is a pretty high impact run. <laughs> right? Well, let's say, let's say you're, playing, you're running in a sport, right? Oh, okay. The moment you, you get hit, your, your body then begins to, an- to try to analyze where it is in space and how it can realign itself. So mm-hmm. the, the more you perform movements that require you to focus on that balance, the quicker your body can react to that situation mm-hmm. and then reposition itself, right? Gotcha. And then that way it reduces your likelihood of injury as well as if you do get hit then your muscles and your bones since you've been working them have that increased density and then they can absorb the impact a lot more and you can recover a lot quicker. So are you saying if you slip on ice you'll be less likely to hurt yourself than I would? Most likely. Okay. Right because I'm sure you've seen a lot of people when it comes to like any kind of sports like you've seen those gymnasts where they basically they perform a somersault or whatever it is on the beam and they lose balance but then suddenly they're they're able to basically regain balance right off the bat whereas Mm -hmm. a normal person you know, steps on Can't a piece of Lego and then slips <laughs> supply off the bat, right? It's just that instinctive working on that balance as well as doing movements that focus on that mm-hmm. then gets your brain to be constantly thinking. You're better at yeah. getting back on your Yeah, it helps, it helps kind of realign a lot quicker, right? Okay, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. I follow. 
And then um, the last kind of little bit of criteria that I think is, does that exercise focus on that mind-muscle connection, right? Mind-muscle connection. <laughs> so when we're, when we're working out, a lot of the times we tend to just go on autopilot, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've gone to the gym and seen people just doing a movement half-heartedly, just kind of going, scrolling through your phone, not really concentrating mm -hmm. on the movement. Laying on the mat yeah. while they're doing abs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? And like, like I've been saying before, a lot of exercise is, a, lot, a big aspect of exercise is that mental part of it. Mm -hmm. So the more you think about the movement that you're performing, the more, the more your performance increases in that movement. So if I'm performing, we'll use a squat again. And during that, that movement, I'm not really focusing on my glutes or my hamstrings or my quads then I'm just moving up and down in that in that motion. And none of my muscles that I'm supposed to be engaging are really being engaged in that situation. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, if I'm focusing on that on that particular set of muscles, then from there I can properly engage those muscles as well as move in the proper pattern so that those muscles are being activated and help me move so that I'm not um, off balance or I'm not compensating in any certain, certain way, right? I'm sure you've noticed when you're performing a movement, the more you concentrate on performing that movement the better well the, that's fair. <laughs> the more it i does. think about squeezing glutes the more it hurts to squeeze my glutes exactly right because <laughs> then you, your, your brain is telling your body that this is where we need to focus and then when you when you do that that portion or whatever it is that you're doing increasing performance because there's more attention being associated with that area so mm -hmm. the activities that we perform in our workouts if we were strapped for time should like I said, should require us to think about the movements so that we're properly engaging those muscles so we can get more benefit from them, right? Mm -hmm. There's no point in doing a movement and just going through the motions and not really getting any benefit if we have such limited time in our day, right? Mm. So you're saying if you only have half an hour, the best way to make it count is to consciously think the whole time. Not to say consciously th think, but be... be be attentive to what, what kind of movements you're performing as well as what kind of muscles you're working, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm doing, let's say, a push-up, right? I should be feeling it in my triceps, my shoulders, and my chest. Where are the triceps again? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm okay. kidding. <laughs> Ooh, I thought I had to do some explaining uh, here. Every time I like, he tells me about an exercise, I like act like I'm stupid. He hates it so much, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so like we were saying with the push-up example, if I'm doing a push-up, right? Mm -hmm. I think we all know push-up works your chest, shoulders, your uh, triceps and if I'm doing that push-up and I'm not feeling it in any of those areas that, that just means that I'm either not performing the, the push-up properly or I'm not really engaged with the movement and either my hips are too high or my back mm -hmm. is sagging or something um, with the form or the proper technique of the movement isn't being performed properly which in turn minimizes the benefits mm -hmm. whereas if I'm performing that movement I'm fully engaged and I know that I need to engage my triceps, I need to engage my core in order for the movement to be performed properly, then at the end of it, I'll feel more burnt out. Even if I do less reps than I would have, mm -hmm. those muscles are more engaged and they're working harder than if I was just to move through the motion and just kind of do it instinctively, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. So those three areas, so we had mind-muscle connection, which we yeah. just covered. Then we had um, balance and weight distribution. Mm -hmm. And then we had compound movements incorporating multiple muscle groups. Yeah. Okay, cool. So everybody, that mental checklist, three items. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, because we want to make it really, really simple for all you people listening and so that we can kind of start identifying um, ourselves and you can walk away from this episode be like, I don't know what the crap they were talking about. Mm -hmm. We wanted to give you a couple examples of different exercises that you could do that would meet NA's three criteria. So this is, you know, straight from the trainer. These are good exercises that um, most people would be able to do. Oh yeah. So with that, <laughs> now. Yes, now we're on the Now exercises. we can talk about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So back to you, what's number one? All right, so with these exercises that I'm gonna give, these aren't set in stone, like these are the only ones you can perform. Mm -hmm. These are just examples that you guys can use in order to then build your own artillery or library of exercises. But the first example that we're gonna go with is the standard push-up like we were saying before. Mm -hmm. And the, when, I, when we look at the first criteria that I have, which is does the exercise incorporate compound movements, right? When, we, when, we, when we're working on the push-up, it involves your chest, shoulders, triceps, core, and your lower back which I mean, mm -hmm. most people assume wasn't really involved in the movement. No, every time I do a push-up, my lower back dies. So <laughs> I am well aware. I don't know, maybe everything else is just yeah. really, really weak, but I always <laughs> feel it there. Yeah, so like when you're performing the push-up, those are the muscles that you should be focused on in engaging, right? Mm -hmm. So 
during um, when you when you're performing that movement, it's all about keeping your body nice and level during that time. So if I'm performing a push-up and I'm performing either the standard, if, if I'm performing the standard push-up, that's where I want my body to be level, right? Mm -hmm. So the standard push-up is just my arms are shoulder width apart. I start off flat on the ground, right? A lot mm -hmm. of people tend to start off in the top position and then come down, whereas it's called push-up. So you're supposed to start <laughs> at the bottom. I feel like this may be a pet peeve of yours. <laughs> wow. Not, not it's a drop of information. Just a, just a, just a drip of yeah, information. Exactly, right? So yeah, you get your arms shoulder width apart if you are doing the standard version. Then from there, you make sure that your body, your chest is touching the ground. You make sure your feet, your feet can be shoulder width apart. The wider you have your feet, the bigger base of support you have, then the easier it is to perform the push-up. The closer and the, or the more narrow your legs are, the harder it becomes to perform the push-up, right? Mm -hmm. So from there, once you've kind of assessed where you want your your feet to be, you make sure your arms are shoulder width apart. Hands. Hands. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Okay. Thank you. Your hands are shoulder width apart. From there, you're going to press up. As you press up, make sure to engage your core. I thought it was called core. a push up, not a press up. Push up, press up. You know, <laughs> you eat either one, potato, potato. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so as you push up, you want to make sure that you engage your core. So you want, the, when I say engage your core, it just it doesn't necessarily mean flex your core, it just means pull your belly button in towards the back of your spine, that'll um, engage your core from there. And then as well, make sure that your hips are nice and level, because mm -hmm. I, I find a lot of times when people do push-ups, their butt kind of tends to just start rising and rising higher and higher. Oh, yeah. And then your butt comes up before you do, and it's, it's more just of a doing pike. the wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so from there, you come up, make sure everything is nice and level, keep your lower back contracted, and as you come up, fully extend your arms, and then right back down again. So when you're moving through that motion, you should feel your triceps um, contract as you come up. So as you come up, you extend your arms, you should feel your triceps contract. And then from there, as you come down, you feel your, your chest stretch out. And the entire time, your core should be nice and stiff. At no point should your body feel loosey-goosey or just, oh. you know, you shouldn't feel like a noodle, right? The entire time, it That's should just be... That's makes it so hard. Yeah, well, I mean, nice and steady, right? Yeah. And it's not necessarily, I mean, if... If you can only perform five reps, you make sure that those five reps are proper reps, right? And if the standard push-up is a little difficult for most people, then we can always move to the modified push-up, which is just same same um, setup where your hands are shoulder width apart, but instead of having your legs fully extended, you just start from your knees and then slightly shift your, your chest forward. And then from there, same thing, flat on the ground, you push up, engage your core, and then right back down again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how would someone make a push-up harder then? If they're doing these regular push-ups, mm -hmm. they're, you know, on their feet um, and their their feet are kind of placed more closely together. They don't, they're not super wide and mm -hmm. that's getting really easy for them. How yeah. would they make it more challenging? Yeah. So um, that question kind of falls within the, the criteria of the weight distribution, management and coordination, right? So with that push-up, if you are, like we said, if you're making it easier, then you would move to the modified, start off on your knees, and then that way you're technically lifting less weight, and then the, the amount of weight that you're managing is a lot less. You still have to, you still have to coordinate where your, your hands are as well as getting your body aligned all together. That's, mm -hmm. That still requires a bit of coordination because some people yeah. tend to miss that out. And, but then if you are making it a little bit harder, you can always add a bit of elevation. You can always add some plyometrics. So that's just basically, you can do the jump or clap push-ups. You can mm -hmm. always do offset push-ups. So basically you have one hand ahead of the other and then the other hand back. And then that way your positioning as well as your leverage changes. And mm -hmm. that requires you to kind of adjust your body in order to perform the, the push-up in the proper form. That so way. if you're doing like the offset hands, would you do... Like, would you change which hand is forward after each push-up, or would you do like, you know, 10 with your left hand forward and mm -hmm. then switch and do 10 with your right hand forward? So e either way is fine. Um, if you are, so if you are doing all, all 10 on one side, then that, that'd be a little more, I guess, muscular endurance on that side. Whereas if you, if you switch it out every single time, then it allows each side to kind of rest and alternate, right? Because I'm sure a lot of times you perform a movement where if you do it all on one side, you get fairly tired, right? Mm -hmm. And then you switch over to the other side, and even though you're still, you're, obviously that side isn't necessarily weaker, you feel like you're gassed out. So I would suggest if you are starting Just out, yeah, alternate each side until you get to the point where you can perform them easily. And then after that, you can always do all 10 on one side or all five on one side and then switch to the other side. But generally start off with doing one, one for one on each side yeah. and switch from so there. So you don't get gassed. Yeah. Okay, cool, mm -hmm. cool, cool, cool. So when we move to the Next exercise we have here is pull-ups, mm -hmm. which I mean, pull-ups are kind of a staple exercise. They're really hard. I'm That's just gonna, fair. I'm just gonna <laughs> start this this pull-up 
yeah. category by saying, I don't know many people who can do pull-ups without assistance. There is a reason. Okay, you're a trainer. You don't get to raise your hand at me. <laughs> um, I don't know many people that can mm-hmm. do like pull-ups without any assistance. Like there's a pull-up machine at the gym. I see everybody using that all the time. Even like these ripped dudes come in and they can't even do a pull-up. Like they look like they're going to fall over when they <laughs> try and do half. So yeah. I feel like with this, we're going to have to be very specific on how to make it easier oh yeah okay i mean every movement if, if it's a good movement there's always a way to regress it right yeah because I, I just feel like if mm-hmm. this episode is about people starting oh, i'm yeah. just gonna go and assume most people starting can't do even like remotely close to a pull-up mm-hmm. so i just wanted to make that clear because oh yeah but i mean know, a pull-up is, is, is <laughs> necessarily be accessible here <laughs> i mean there's all assisted pull-up is still a pull-up right all right all so right, as right. long as you're pulling yourself up you're doing a pull-up okay right all right so right. <laughs> I'll let you I'll let you talk now. <laughs> All right. So when we look at our pull-ups here, the muscles that we work are primarily our back, arms, and shoulders, as well as um, we. So we have tiny muscles along our spine that kind of help us with our posture and everything else. So during when you are doing those pull-ups or when you are doing movements that require any pulling or working your back, you're working those muscles, and that's what helps you kind of maintain that posture. That's why a lot of times you'll notice that people who don't really do too much either exercise or have the rounded back. So doing any kind Mm -hmm. of pulling motion helps tighten those muscles in the back and give you that proper posture, right? Okay. So when you are performing the pull-up, if we're looking at the the standard staple pull-up where you have no assistance, or even if you have assistance, let's say you're using bands, ideally you can, um, the grip, you can use standard grip. So that's basically palms face away from you. You grab the the bar and you got to go shoulder width apart from there. As you pull up, you want to make sure that you lean your body slightly back and then mm-hmm. pull your, your chest towards the bar. Whereas I find a lot of people when they are doing the pull up, they'll basically pull the bar down towards the shoulders and it becomes more of a shoulder press and less of a pull up, right? Mm-hmm. Because as you're pulling, ideally when you pull the bar to your chest, you want to engage your lats and basically once you're at the top, you want to squeeze nice and tight and then from there you let go. So with that one, it's just um, the, the hard part is balancing your body as you come because as you, the higher you start to go, your muscles start to contract and you start to get a little tired. And then from there, people either half rep it or they collapse, like their form collapses and then it's, it's just more so, it's kind of like a, a jump or a kip when you're performing the yeah. pull up, right? Mm-hmm. So with, with that one, like we said before, a regression of that, you can just Thank start you, off. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you can always, with that one, an easy one to perform is if you have a box, you can always stand up on the box and start off in that high pull-up position. So start off stepping on that box, make sure that you're basically at the top of your pull-up. And then from there, what you can do is just come down nice and slow, step off, and then step right back onto the box. Again, right right up top in your high pull-up position and then right back down again. So basically you're just, you're starting at the top of the pull-up with uh, while stepping on the box. And then as you step off the box, your arms basically slowly extend and then oh, you step okay. right back So it's more it. of like a control of the descent. Yeah, control then... of the descent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or right. or you can also that when you're on that box, jump up, hold that flip position, and then same thing, come down nice and slow. Mm-hmm. Right? So what do you do with your legs this time? Because I feel like I've seen people like swinging their legs back mm-hmm. and forth. There's some people like cross their ankles. Like, is there a better position for your legs if you're doing like a full pull up? Or does yeah. your legs like not matter? Oh no, I mean, um, since um, like, like, like we said before, anytime you are doing a compound movement, every aspect of your body matters, even if it doesn't seem like it matters in that movement. So with pull-ups, uh, I tend to cross my legs just because I find that easier and a lot of people will, you'll notice will do that. Mm-hmm. But the thing with um, the pull-ups that you find when people swing their legs is that during that time, you're supposed to engage your glutes so that your body is nice and stiff. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people don't do that and it's just an arm or it's just a bicep movement for them. So then from there, your legs are constantly swinging back and forth, right? Yeah. And whenever your body is performing any kind of movement, its goal is to be as efficient as possible and use as little energy as possible. Mm-hmm. So if I'm performing a movement and I'm moving in one direction, so I'm moving just linearly, right? Mm-hmm. And my legs are swinging back and forth. My body has to expend energy in order to keep those legs still. So if I'm performing a pull-up, I can either, when I cross my legs, then there's less room for my body to swing, as well as if, my, if I prefer to keep my legs straight, I want to engage my glutes so that the, my entire body is basically a nice straight line and that there's no energy leakage, so to speak, mm. so that the, I'm not expending energy trying to keep my body back in line again. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So what are some variations on a pull-up then? We kind of talked about how to make it easier. Yeah. Um, how would someone make it harder? 
Oh yeah, and then I guess one more thing on the on the easy side. If you if you find that you can't do any of the variations like the the slow descent or the jumping up and then coming down, then an easy thing to start off with is just a simple dead hang, right? So with with that one, what you would do is grab onto a bar, hang for as long as you can, come down, rest, and then repeat that until you feel like you're strong enough to basically start slowly pulling yourself up because the dead hang still works the same muscles as the pull up would. It's just there. It's just more so isometrically contracting those. So are you? When you mean dead hang, would your arms be fully extended then, or are yeah. your arms like bent? Oh no, it's like um, if you, if any of you guys have been to K days, they have that like hanging. Oh, hanging with thing. like yeah. the turny pull not, thing. Yeah, the turny pull thing. But I mean, okay. you would choose a bar that doesn't turn. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> not trying to win a prize. Yeah, here. we're just trying to get a workout. Exactly <laughs> right. So from there, you would uh, you would hang there, or um, I'm sure you guys have heard of chin ups, and you would uh, just you do chin ups instead if you find that pull ups are. How Chin-ups easier. Don't you have to go higher? No, no. So the, the chin-ups are easier just because they they engage your biceps more than they do everything else, right? Okay. What's the difference between a chin-up and a what? What did you just talk about? Pull-up. A pull-up. Yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> so when when you're doing a, a pull-up, right? Your your palms are generally facing away from you, mm -hmm. whereas when you do a chin-up, you you're you switch over and then your biceps are engaged more just from the way that your, oh, so your, your palms hand, are facing. Your, your palms are facing yeah, you so then. Yeah, so with a chin-up, you, you grab the bar, your palms are facing you, and then from there, since your, your biceps are fairly large, they do a lot more work. And so with that with that one, your biceps are engaged and a bit of your chest is engaged in the movement. And since your chest as well as your biceps are a lot larger than I guess your triceps would be, from there, as you pull up, you have more muscles working during that same movement to help you pull up. And then as mm -hmm. you get stronger within your chin-up, then you can slowly start transitioning to your pull-up. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, you can always, use, if you're at the gym, you can always use the assisted pull-up machines. You can always use bands. So you just wrap that around the bar and then from there, step on the band. And then as you pull up, the, depending on the tension of the band, it'll help you come up and mm -hmm. come down. And as you get better, you can just lessen the tension on the band and then go from there. Cool. And then to make it harder, I'm, with that, I mean, the hardest version is either a one-arm pull-up. I'm sure most people can't do that, but... Can you do that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel but like yeah. I'm going to need to see this on the, the Instagram page. <laughs> but yeah, a one-arm pull-up is a lot more difficult just because, like we said before, there's a lot more weight distribution management required with that since all your weight is being lifted by one arm and you have to adjust your body accordingly in order mm -hmm. to get up. Or there's always the muscle-up where you come up to the pull-up position and then from there you basically extend your body right over the bar and then come right back down again so that, mm -hmm. that those are some of the more advanced variations of that but ideally like I said starting off with a dead hang is a great way to get started or just do the jump up onto the bar and then work on that slow controlled descent and then once you're more comfortable with that then you can start moving up and slowly progressing gotcha mm -hmm. cool okay all right, now we're going to move to some of the fun stuff, some of the exercises that I enjoy oh, doing. so you don't like pull-ups Oh, I enjoy pull-ups. Oh, I enjoy pull-ups. I enjoy them. Okay. I mean... They're just not fun. <laughs> oh, I mean, they're fun. They just, they just burn a lot when you're doing yeah. them. All right, so the next one we're going to be looking at is the overhead lunge. So the, the reason why I like this... So the overhead lunge, for um, most people who don't know, is a more complex variation of the standard lunge, right? So... With the overhead lunge, the muscles that are working this are your glutes, quads, uh, and core, as well as your shoulders, since you're holding up an object um, while you're performing the movement. Mm -hmm. And the thing that um, the thing that um, incorporates weight distribution management or coordination with the lunge is that when you're performing the lunge, ideally what you want is you have one foot forward, you have one foot uh, back, and then from there you drop that back leg come down to a 90 degree angle and then come right back up again. Because mm -hmm. I find a lot of times when people are performing a lunge, they tend to move their front foot forward when the, all the motion should be happening in the back foot. So if, if I'm set up with a lunge, I stand up I stand up nice and straight, I take that step forward and then my back leg drops mm -hmm. so, that there's, so that there's little to no momentum moving me forward. Gotcha. And then from there, since I'm, ba I'm, not as I'm not as balanced or my base support isn't as large as if I was doing a squat, there's a lot more balance that's required since the leg that's in front, that's the dominant glute, as well as the leg in the back has to kind of balance itself out in order for me to stay in that balanced position. Yeah. And then once I also grab weight and then place it over my head, since that weight is moving outside of my center of gravity, there's a lot more work that's required in order to balance that weight, mm -hmm. as well as my shoulders are working in order to keep yeah. that weight up. So as they get tired, I have to work even harder to stay in position. Yeah, I feel like I always fall over whenever I try to do lunges. <laughs> well, that, that's the part where you want to engage your core as well as squeeze your yeah. glutes, right? Because then as you tighten those muscles, then everything else gets a little more stable, right? <laughs> your balance starts working. 
<laughs> well, yeah, your balance starts working, or else you tip over and then you're kind of Eiffel Tower. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah. So with that, when we look at the at the at the overhead lens, like we were saying before, the mind muscle connection is all about engaging those glutes and making sure that everything is nice and tight because. During that, 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 that time when you're performing that movement, there should be no parts of your body that are loose or mm-hmm. easily, I guess, movable, So someone right? should be able to come over you and, like, push you and you won't fall over. Well, I mean, they're not going to, like, tackle you, but they're going to... Yeah, gonna, but, like, if they give yeah. you a little, uh, little love tap, yeah. you're not going to move. Exactly, right? And uh, a big tip that I find helps a lot of my clients when they are performing the lunge is a lot of the times, if your feet or your toes aren't firmly planted on the ground then a lot of the balance that you have is basically lost just because the f- your feet are... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my dog yeah, in the we, background. <laughs> yeah, we have a dog in here. He's one of our guests today, I guess. He's just rolling all over the carpet at the moment. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of the times when we're performing the movement, the feet, or I guess our toes, are the first contact point that touches the ground. I mean, that's the case all the time. I mean, if you have feet, right? <laughs> I don't know. Some people don't have feet. Right? So your feet are the first contact point, And if at any point your, your feet or basically your toes lift up and come off the ground, then you lose a lot of that balance. Yeah. So whenever I have my clients, I always tell them if you are performing a lunge or a squat or any kind of movement that involves your legs, make sure that when your, your toes are on the ground, you want to grip the ground and basically claw at it with your toes in order to engage those muscles mm-hmm. on the bottoms of your feet. Because a lot of people tend to say they have flat feet and that prevents them from doing the squats or the yeah. lunges. But, but that's just yeah. an excuse. Not, not necessarily an <laughs> People excuse. People who say that are liars. <laughs> it's not an excuse, but a, a way to combat that is getting those toes engaged. And mm-hmm. basically, you want to grip the ground with your toes as if you're, you, you, want, you, you have a death grip on I'm the floor. I'm just imagining chicken yeah. feet right now. Like, like little claws. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, you want to claw the ground. Just imagine that you're basically trying to break through. So, whenever you're yeah. doing... <laughs> lunch just imagine you're a chicken and then that's what you do with your feet oh just imagine like one of those claw machines at yeah. the the claw yeah so you just grip the ground nice and hard with your toes and that'll engage those muscles underneath your feet mm-hmm. to basically give you that stronger base support and then from there as you push through the movement since as you flex those muscles in your toes everything else from the, the front of your shin, the muscles there, as well as everything around the calf solidifies. And then mm-hmm. your entire bottom portion of your leg basically becomes a nice stable structure. And then as you move, all the force basically moves in one linear direction. Yeah. Whereas if, like we said before, if everything is moving side to side, it requires a lot more effort in order for you to move that, um, mm-hmm. that object or move yourself up and down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing with our hands again? So they're overhead. Yeah. So, and so our mm-hmm. arms are fully extended above us while we're doing this. Yeah. So w- with your hands overhead, you can either have a dumbbell, a kettlebell, any kind of weighted object you want to have just right over your head. And while you're doing that, you engage your core, make sure your arms are nice and straight. And then as you come down, your arm, your arms basically stay up the entire time during mm-hmm. that movement. And you go, you move up and down through that range of motion. Yeah. Could you do it without a weight? Oh yeah. So okay. um, a regression for that would be without a weight and gotcha. that would just be the basic lunge. But adding a little bit more difficulty, you that's where you would add the weight. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go, so when you move, go one up from the regular lunge, you would go overhead and both hands would be holding the weight. Or if you want to make that a little bit more difficult, then you would have one side holding the weight in order to kind of act as a counterbalance so that from there you have to um, engage your body a bit more and also requires a little more balance just because you have your body weight on one side and in order to balance yourself out your body needs to work just a little bit harder. And then you would rotate to the other side, Yeah, right? you rotate to the other okay, side, so yeah. Okay, so go back and forth. So yeah, and then the, the placement of the weight also changes. So if I'm performing a lunge and let's say my left leg is in front, then if I have the weight on my my right side, then I'm... The, the weight is on my weaker side since that's the open side as, as you would call it mm-hmm. then that requires me to bounce a little bit more whereas if my if the weight is on my left side where my yeah, left leg is in lead right then there's more support on that side gotcha. so ideally switching over to the side that's i guess a little so more vulnerable so having it be like an x so yeah. whatever weight or whatever leg is in the front you're going to put the weight on the other side yeah the opposite side you can start off with the same side as that still has the same benefit but then having it on the other side also makes it just a little bit more difficult gotcha okay okay mm-hmm. Um, so was there any other variations on that that you wanted to touch on or did, did we cover it all? I mean, with, with like I said, there's multiple variations. It's just the, the, those ones are the ones you can perform super quickly. So mm-hmm. just start off with the basic lunge with your hands up in the air. And then from there, you can move to grabbing an object with weight. And then 
from there, you can also move to having weight on one side or the other, mm -hmm. and then just kind of playing around with the, the different objects, yeah. such as kettlebells, which changes up the weight distribution, as well as dumbbells or med balls or any kind of weighted object. Yeah. How much weight would you say, like, if people are, so they've, you know, worked on just a regular lunge, they're mm -hmm. good with that. They've done the overhead lunge without weights, they're mm -hmm. good with that. Now they want to start adding weight. What would you say would be, like, um, the, the, amount of weight that they should kind of move forward with so i mean like like i always say with with most of our recommendations it, it's all about the individual right mm -hmm. so depending on where you're at it is where you would try to add weight but I, I would say if you're starting off with anything from you say five to 25 pounds is, is a pretty good um, area where it's not too light but it's also not too heavy that your shoulders kind of give out right because yeah. if you're performing the movement if your shoulders are giving out, then the weight's a little too heavy. Well, I mean, obviously you're still working your endurance in your shoulders, but ideally the, the movement should be focusing focus on, on your legs, legs right? So okay. anything that's not too heavy, but not too light, yeah. kind of in the middle, so, so five to 20 pounds. as long as you pounds. can still focus on the legs, yeah. then you're good. Mm -hmm. If you start, you know, losing that focus on your legs, then you're, you've pushed mm -hmm. it too far. And then with the balance, I mean, it keeps your entire body engaged because the, 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 there's no point in that movement where you can kind of just zone out and I not know, do anything. It's really unfortunate because <laughs> I really want to like lunges and it's yeah. just not, it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. um, okay. All right. On to the next. All right. So I'm just going to preface this one by saying this is one of my favorite exercises that, okay. that, I'll try that to I love to do. On it. Well, you've seen me do it before. I've seen you do a lot of things before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continue. Okay. Well, <laughs> on that note, um, the last exercise that I have here that you guys can choose to add to your artillery library is thrusters. Now, I'm sure if a lot of um, those of you who work out know what thrusters are and know that they are horrible but great at the same time. I feel like when you say thrusters, I think of like the ones where like you're laying with like your back on a bench and you have like a barbell. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I think of. No. So maybe just. Tell me what you're thinking of, because I'm just thinking of like, you know, people from the 70s just <laughs> pushing it real good at the gym. And I don't think that's what no, you're alluding no, to here. <laughs> there will be no pushing it good at the gym. <laughs> All right. So yeah. it's not a hip thrust. It's a what? It's well, you can either do it with dumbbells or barbells. Okay. So basically when you are, when, uh, the thruster is a squat with an overhead press. Okay. Right? I was not imagining that. I'm glad, I'm glad we circled <laughs> back. <laughs> so yeah, so it combines two movements that use quite a bit, uh, quite a few muscles. So when you're performing a standard thruster, you want to start off with your feet shoulder width apart in a squat position. Mm -hmm. And you can either perform this with barbells or dumbbells. The dumbbells are generally just a, a little bit easier than mm -hmm. performing it with barbells just because they focus more on that balance stability, whereas the barbell focuses more on that maximal strength, right? Okay. So when I'm performing a thruster with uh, dumbbells, like I said before, you want to get your feet shoulder width apart, you come down into your squat. Once you grab those dumbbells, you, you want to rack them on your shoulders. So you hold the dumbbells as if you were performing a bicep curl and then you turn your palms so that they're facing each other and then you rest the head of the dumbbell just right on your shoulder and you come down into that squat position. Once you're at the bottom, you wanna basically come up as if you're standing into a squat, and then as, on your way up, you wanna press the weights up as high as you can, and then as you come down, you bring the weights right back down to resting position, and then you repeat the movement there. That sounds real hard. Oh, it's fairly hard. Yeah, that's and good. then if you are performing <laughs> it with the barbell, then what you would do with the barbell is you would grab the barbell as if you're performing a deadlift, so your palms face you, and then from there, you would front rack it, or if you already have it on a rack, then you would grab your, your hands, grab the bar, and then basically rotate your elbows so that they're pointing forward, mm -hmm. come forward, and then you have that front rack position, and then same thing, you yeah. come down into your squat, and then on your way up, you press up, and then right back down yeah. again. So just to clarify, your palms are facing away from you when you grab the bar. Yeah, Okay. when you grab the bar. Okay, cool. So the muscles that are worked with the uh, with the thrust, I mean, the reason why I like it is because it works so many, so many muscles in mm -hmm. that one movement. And with that one, it, since you're performing a squat, like we said before, squat works your glutes, quads, hamstrings, core, as well as once you start moving into that overhead press, that's where you start getting your triceps, your shoulders, mm -hmm. and your back engaged in that movement. And then mm -hmm. by the end of it, it's basically working your entire body with this, that one, not simple, but that one movement itself. Damn, boy. Yo, you were saying? I was just saying, damn, boy. It's <laughs> a lot of muscles. <laughs> that, that is a lot of muscles to work. But I mean, if, if you're strapped for time, uh, the, to me, that's one of the best movements you can perform that basically covers most, if not all, of the, the major yeah. muscles that you need to work. Cool. So when we move, so when we go, go go to that weight distribution portion of it, since you're doing so many different things, 
like I said before, it, it requires a lot of cognitive function while you're performing that. So mm -hmm. as I'm coming down to my squat, I, st I have to hold those dumbbells or those barbells in position so that I don't tip over since all the weight is centered just right in front of me compared yeah. to if I was performing a back squat. And then as I come up, I press all the way up, similar to what we were saying with the overhead lunge. I have to balance all that weight over my head and make sure that I don't collapse. And then as I come down, I have to decelerate myself and make sure that I don't crash down. So during that entire time, there's multiple positions where you basically have to pay attention, manage the weight and control every single portion of the movement. As you come up, mm -hmm. you have to accelerate. And then once you're at the top, you basically have to decelerate, hold nice and strong and then come down nice and slow that so that gravity doesn't just rock yeah. you down. So there's no resting when you're doing this. You're thinking the whole yeah. time from mm -hmm. the first rep until the last rep. Oh, like, yeah. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no, you know, in between. <laughs> like, there's none of that. No, because <laughs> the entire time, as you're holding it, your, your, your biceps are contracted with the dumbbells, right? Yeah. And then from there, as you press up, your shoulders have to hold the barbell up and your entire body is working so that you don't collapse. As mm -hmm. you come down, it's all about everything contracting. So there's no point in that exercise where you would be willy-nilly. It's not a bicep yeah. curl where it's just... You're just moving through the, the motion, right? Every I can see part of why that movement. I don't is, like this one. Yeah, it's very <laughs> interactive, right? Okay, mm -hmm. all right. So, what are some of the variations on this? I guess we talked about different types of weights. Yeah, like so, like we were saying before, dumbbell. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barbell versus dumbbell. Yeah. Um, but are, is there other variations that you can do to make this harder, easier? Mm -hmm. So, uh, with the thruster, like we said before, you can, um, if you don't have a barbell or, or a dumbbell, you can easily use either a kettlebell or a med ball and it would be the same thing you would get into your squat position and then you would just hold that weight in front of you and then come down to your squat as you come up you would press up and then come right back down again or if you find that your range of motion with the squat isn't as great as you would like it to be you can always perform that thruster with a bench so you same thing set up in your squat position you would sit on that bench and then Hold, hold your weights, come up, press, and then come right back down to that seated bench position. Mm. So the, the entire point of the thruster is just to kind of get everything working, but you don't need to have super, super heavy weight, right? Gotcha. Because of the point of, I mean, one of the other reasons that I like this movement a lot is just because it gets some of that conditioning in there too, since you're moving that weight over and over again, as well as you're working so many different muscles, it requires a lot of energy in order to perform that movement. So you get some of that strength, you get some of that um, endurance, as well as you get some of that conditioning all in that one movement, which I think is superb. Cool. Mm -hmm. Superb. Superb. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that one sounds really hard, so I'm going to probably not do that one. But the others sound doable mm -hmm. um, with modifications. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you said before, some of these movements sound difficult, but once you... The, the, I mean, they are supposed to be just a little bit difficult just so they can challenge your body a little bit more than mm -hmm. just the standard movements. But as you start to get better at the movements, you then you can start to add more weight. You can start to make them a little bit more complex, and they'll always be staples for a reason just because they do so much so at no point you know will, will they ever suddenly become up oh, it's too easy mm -hmm. you can always like i said every exercise you can always make more difficult and these are great just because like we said before based off the criteria they, there's so much involved in them that you're not really going to get bored doing them and you're mm -hmm. not going to kind of you're not going to be doing them and thinking oh i i could make this harder right yeah okay Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you're going to need to post some photos or something of how to do these <laughs> because um, there's a lot of really great information mm -hmm. that I know myself um, and I'm sure there's others out there like me are going to like visualize it in their head by how we're explaining it and then mm -hmm. not necessarily know how to do that and oh, yeah. you know don't want to have to go through a podcast to like listen to while they're at their gym oh, no. so or at home, I guess. Yeah. So I think what we're going to need to do is like put either like short little videos or like pictures mm -hmm. of you demonstrating how to do this um because i think i think that's what the people are going to need do you well, think that's a possibility well i mean on that note um after this episode we have a, a blog post on our website that has a detailed description of how to perform the overhead lunge as well as the thrusters and in that um in that uh blog post we kind of go into more detail about how to perform the exercises as well as we kind of go into more detail of the criteria here. So once you guys are done listening to this episode, you, can, you guys can head over to simplishpodcast.ca mm -hmm. and then go to that blog post section. And then that blog post will be there with some pictures on the movements as well as an awesome. in-depth description of how to perform those exercises. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. Let's hit the people multiple platforms. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, mm -hmm. Well, was there anything else you wanted to add on this topic before we sign off for today? I think... Um, that's a lot of detail, lots of good stuff there. Um, I mean, I helped plan the podcast and I got lots out of it. So that's great. 
Um, but was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we say um, goodbye to our listeners? Uh, well, like we said before we, with these criteria, these are just three things that I find are very uh, critical when picking exercises if you don't have too much time. But when it comes to picking your own exercises, if you find that you have another criteria that you think is just as important, don't be afraid to send it our way and let us know what, yes, what that is. give us right? some feedback. We, we would love to hear your feedback, as well as add it to your list of um, assessments that you use in order to judge an exercise, as well as these exercises that we give you guys here. These are just examples. That, like mm -hmm. we said, there's an unlimited amount of exercises that you can find online. Or if you know your stuff, you can always make up an exercise that fits within this criteria or whatever criteria you have and then add it to your library. Because these exercises are there so that when you are working out, you already have a list of movements that you can perform, you know, in a split second that basically gets everything working, gets your body moving without having to think too much about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're all about efficiency here exactly. at the Simplish Podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, the better you guys get at um, assessing these, then the more fun exercise gets and it becomes more like an art, right? You get to kind of pick mm -hmm. things out. You get to create your own little library or collage of movements and then you have that for eternity. Eternity. Mm -hmm. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, Eni, for giving us um, lots of great content today, I think. I think it's it's a lot of stuff. It's, it's quite a bit. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. feeling very tired today. <laughs> Maybe this is just my own. <laughs> it's the end of a day and I'm just tired. But mm -hmm. that was a lot of good stuff. Really good. I feel like I'm going to have to listen to this episode and mm -hmm. get the full um, gist of all of the things oh, yeah. that you talked about. But mm -hmm. thank you. Um, thank you again to our listeners. Uh, we appreciate you, you know, sticking by us, continuing to listen to our episodes, um, continuing to reach out to us by email. What's that email address? Contact at simplishpodcast.ca. We're always, you know, open to your guys' questions, yes. suggestions, or concerns. Don't be afraid to send us a message. Yes. And uh, make sure to check out our Instagram. We put lots of, you know, cool content on there. Um, check out our website. As I mentioned, we have lots of blog. Blog. <laughs> blog. We yeah. have lots of blog posts that we put up there. Um, extra content. Pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah. Just keep in touch with us. We, we're really enjoying putting this content out there. We're really enjoying hearing back from you. And yeah. Just thank you. Yeah. No, thank you, guys. We have some more fitness content planned for you guys. And... We'll be back in a bit. Yes, thanks. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Simplish Podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and rate our show. You can find us on Instagram at Simplish Podcast. And for more content as well as blog posts, make sure to check out our website at www.simplishpodcast.ca. And if you have any questions or would just like to get in touch with us, send us an email at contact at simplishpodcast.ca.